Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. It's the freaking weekend, Dolphin fans. Welcome into another episode of SB Nation's Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show. We have lots to talk about after the Dolphins' blockbuster trade heading into this weekend's matchup against the Chicago Bears. But before we get into all that, let me welcome in my co-host, the one, the only, Jake Mendel. Jake, it's Friday. How you doing today, man? Josh, those are, aren't those like the best words in the English dictionary, just hearing Always. it's Friday? Maybe in every dictionary, it might just be it's Friday. Um... Dolphins riding a two-game winning streak. I'm not going to fact-check this, but they're looking to become the first team to have two three-game winning streaks this season, which would be pretty exciting. And Josh, I mean, I don't know if you need a whole new roster, but I'm pretty excited to see some new pieces in Miami. Yeah, and I didn't get to watch McDaniel's press conference, but he kind of joked they're going to play anywhere between zero snaps and, you know, what they are normally going to play. So we don't know how much we'll (laughs) see Jeff Wilson Jr. and Bradley Chubb, but uh, those were two pretty big trades that went down. Um, Jake, I did not look up the answer to your question, but I do have written down that the Dolphins are not in four all time against the Chicago Bears. So um, I guess heading into this weekend's matchup, I guess what a lot of people want to see is how that weather is going to affect this game because it is cold weather. And, um, you know, that's one of the guess the few check marks that Tua Tungvaloa has yet to check off this season. Yeah, we're looking at 65 degrees. 10% chance of rain. And Josh, these are two teams that haven't played in four years. The last time they played was 2018. You jump in whenever you figure out what game. Well, it was Albert Wilson. I didn't want to look it up. Was it the Albert oh, Wilson game? Because yep. yeah, I saw that was. there and I was like, I don't want to look up and cheap. And I'm pretty sure that was Albert Wilson. Cause I remember that was, uh, you know, when Wilson gang gang, when I thought we finally found this like, you know, prolific Brock wide Star. receiver and even Brock, Brock Osweiler. I mean, he got us going for a little, hold <laughs> for a little bit. So that was the last time, I guess that's pretty awesome because that was a epic win that year. Wasn't it? It was, that's when the Dolphins were picking up steam. It kind of looked like 2016 under Adam Gase before everything fell apart. I remember, dude, I was in Boston. I was going to see the Gorillas. Um, I think it was going to be my second time seeing the Gorillas. And that's I was just sitting on every play. It was a very, very dramatic day. I was sit, sitting at the T stop just screaming with my buddy, who happened to also be a Dolphin fan here in Mass. So, yeah, that was a very, very fun day to be a Dolphin. And I guess a Gorillas fan, too, when you really think about it. Yeah, dude, that's sick. I I didn't know you saw him twice. I mean, that's probably a sight to see for sure. That's that's dope. So, um, I mean, again, I just remember this game because Albert Wilson, I mean, there was one play where he took like a curl and it looked like the entire Bears defense was around him and he somehow scored a touchdown on that. So um, I don't want to sit here and say I hope it, you know, rains a little bit or it's cold, but I want to see some elements that, you know, too, and go out there and throw three touchdowns and, you know, put to rest, you know, this whole cold weather thing. But then again, Merrick's going to that game. So we really don't want him sitting in the cold. He's probably going with Seth Rollins. We don't need them to be sitting there freezing their butt off, but um, a pretty big matchup, I guess, on the road because the Bears, you know, they are three five but they're starting to pick up some steam we're starting to see uh Justin Fields look like uh NFL quarterback at least more so than we saw over the first part of his career yeah the Dolphins excuse me the Bears have played four road games in the last five weeks they're definitely looking forward to some home cooking and Josh um let's let's start with the offense here and you brought up an interesting point that you'd like to see to uh you know throw three two three touchdown passes and I mean I'm sure all of us would but 
Josh, despite, you know, Tyreek Hill leading this uh, league in yards, despite, I think, Jalen Waddle's fourth. I mean, this is an offense that has relatively struggled to find the end zone. They're averaging about 2.6 touchdowns per game. Josh, what did you see in the Detroit game? Was there anything that really kind of opened your eyes? Like, hey, you know, the, the red zone stuff is coming. Because to me, man, when I saw these moves happening in the, in the offseason, all I could think about was all the different options in the red, bone, red zone. To me, it's... A- it's a little shocking to kind of see them be struggle this hard to, to to get into the end zone. Yeah, and they have. And I mean, I guess a lot of it's probably, you know, losing your starting quarterback going in, you know, with Bridgewater. And Fair we point. saw um, Skylar Thompson also get some reps. So, I mean, I guess maybe we just should just let see how this offense settles down. But I mean, last week, it seemed like the perfect storm, right? I mean, we talked about Detroit's secondary. They were already kind of, you know, yeah, when you looked at it on paper, they had so many injuries coming into that game. It was a perfect recipe for the Dolphins to go out there and get right. But um, I think Tua looked a lot more decisive and he's fitting these balls into some windows that are just, uh, you know, really raising some eyebrows. I mean, it's just crazy crazy the um narrative that's gone gone from Tua, you know beginning of the year so many people were talking about replacing him and you know is this his last chance and now you know i we were watching the game last night jake did you see the eagles game i mean at one point they were showing like who's leading the league and the first graphic they showed was Tua next to patrick mahomes and i'm just like look i'm like look honey like what realm are we in i mean we're talking super bowls earlier in the week we're seeing that the next slide i think showed tyreek hill with 961 yards receiving (laughs) so i just don't know what timeline we you know came into to see this but i think mike mcdaniel talked about how they had to get better in the red zone we saw a little bit of that last week and let's be honest part of it's utilizing mike kosicki right i mean he's that big bodied receiver uh sorry tight end that we have that you know he's starting to get some looks in the red zone and uh the Dolphins did not I don't know if we talked about it in the last pod but they did not field any trade calls for Mike Isicki you know they were not interested in trading him according to Mike McDaniel but uh yeah man I think it's just a perfect storm and hopefully they can continue to do it against the Chicago Bears the Buffalo uh Buffalo's GM uh actually did a really interesting interview lately uh recently actually where he was talking about trading for Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara and he kind of went into details about how uh the Bills and Camaro were linked, but that was because scouts looked at Camara and basically called the Saints and said, hey, is this guy available at all? So that's just a, it was some interesting context to think about how these trade rumors start. And I probably assume that's how the Gasicki thing started, that scouts from other teams saw him, saw the different members of this offensive firepower and definitely decided, hey, maybe the scouts for sale. That isn't the case. But Josh. What was so relieving about Miami's offense on Sunday was not only were they scoring touchdowns, they were doing it in different ways. One was a dump off to Raheem Monster. Two of them, you know, you got over the top to Jalen Waddle, which is always impressive as all hell. And then you mentioned the play to Mike Gesicki, man. That was him going through his progression. And hey, breaking news, sometimes you're going to find your tight end all alone in the end zone. And he was able to do that. So I think it's just kind of impressive to see him throw all these different balls and do it successfully. I mean, we were sitting here after the Pittsburgh game. I mean, Miami won, but we were like, eh. You know, Tyree Kill, there were six passes that went his way that were dropped. I mean, Tua was nothing short of efficient last week. I mean, he caught, or Tyreek, I should say, caught 12 of 14 targets, 188 yards. Jalen Waddle caught eight of nine targets for 106 yards. I mean, just the efficiency, the effectiveness, and the creativity, it's all really just blending together in a fun way that was to watch. But again, it comes down to, hey, can this be a consistent thing? Yeah, and I think, um, again, Tua, I think he was talking about, you know, how they were even asking him, do you feel like you have to go to Chicago, you know, prove that you can play in these elements? He said, no, what I have to prove is that I can be consistent, you know, from one game to another, regardless yes. of the elements. And that's really what we're waiting to see. I mean, besides the health, that's, I mean, again, the only other box needs to be checked. I'm kind of surprised, Jake. I mean, we talked about it on the uh, recap show for the Lions game. We were talking about Tyreek Hill and talking about the numbers. 
how he's almost on pace for 1,000 yards. I don't think it really registered with me that this dude has 961 yards through only eight games this season. I mean, I think I got off the pond. I just sat there and said, wait, wait, holy crap. Like, that's insane. I think he's getting, what, like 31% of the targets thrown his way. I think I saw that him and uh, Jalen Waddle count for 72% of the Miami Dolphins passing yards. So, I mean, I think, again, it goes to to a time of being much better year three. You know, he has the confidence. He's making some throws that, you know, we only – wished he could do but it also is a testament to what Mike McDaniel's doing with this uh, scheme you know I mean these defenses have they were not prepared I mean I think uh, Benjamin Solik of uh, I think it's the ringer you know guy who's been pretty down on too he wrote a nice article today about how these guys are just you know shattering records and they're doing things in you know unorthodox ways and uh, I, we definitely have to tip our hat to Mike McDaniel putting these guys in those situations but two over these last few weeks you know he looked a little rusty that game prior came out there last week and was firing on all cylinders and we just hope this offense can continue to go down this path because dude how awesome would it be if Tyreek Hill in his first season with the Miami Dolphins you know goes for 2,000 yards I mean I know there's an extra game there but damn dude that would be uh that's a that's unbelievable stuff that's that's just strictly a fun sentence to say and Josh speaking to the consistency last week you know you're in a dome uh on turf everything's perfect it ain't like that in Chicago, right? That is Good a point. harsh field to play on. And um, Josh, the Bears defense is allowing 188 passing yards per game, which is actually the fifth best in the NFL. So to me, man, uh, this Bears team isn't the greatest. You put put in the addition by subtraction for the Dolphins in terms of no Raquan Smith, no Robert Quinn. Uh, it's worth noting Raquan Smith was Chicago's green dot, a.k.a. he had the radio in his helmet calling the plays all year long. Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith, these are two guys who were on the defense since the start of training camp. Nobody was pushing for their spots. So, Josh, what does you know, losing two guys like that, losing you know the two core pieces of your defense do? Because I actually watched a pretty interesting um, – preview by the Chicago Bears uh, just official website that I thought was interesting and they were kind of shrugged at like a, you know next man up type of thing but I mean I I don't really see where it's that simple when you consider that these guys are two veterans who played most of their snaps and, and then you got the green dot effect yeah I love that you put that green dot effect I was actually reading through the rundown and it kind of made me smile because that's a great way to put it. I mean you're losing that leader you know almost the quarterback on that side of the football I mean to pretend that's not going to have an effect especially you know the first game without him I mean that would just be uh, foolish to say I think so I think you know Roquan Smith he's a guy I gush about I can talk about how what he does in the run game passing game I think you know not having that presence in the middle of the field I mean that's where Tua Tagovailoa and that Dolphins offense love to attack right I think they're just absolutely you know going ape shit over the middle of the field and that's where all those you know quick routes or going those timing routes so I think that'll be a huge impact there will be a huge impact left behind by Roquan Smith and then Robert Quinn I mean that's a guy I think I was trying to compare where his snaps were he only played seven snaps yesterday for the Eagles so you know maybe that's what we should expect from Bradley Chubb maybe um but uh Robert Quinn not being that pass rush presence off the edge you know we see Teron Armstead I think I like the way our offensive line's been playing but not having a guy like uh Robert Quinn and then again Roquan Smith I think that's going to pay it's going to definitely open things up for the Dolphins and you almost got to just wonder if the football gods aren't looking over us man because both those guys being traded before the deadline right before the Dolphins game I mean that's pretty uh wild stuff the Bears secondary is allowed four touchdowns and snagged seven interceptions so far but last Damn, week good. it kind of changed the the Cowboys kind of just ran all over them I think the final score was 49 to 29 
Uh, Chicago is 31st in the league, allowing 156 rushing yards per game. Uh, Josh, Tony Pollard went absolutely bananas last week, 131 yards, three touchdowns, 9.4 a carry against this team. Um, Dan Orlovsky was on ESPN ranting about how Kellen Moore is like the best play caller in the league after this game, how he called it an incredible game. To me, man, I, I see those rushing numbers and how much Chicago struggles against the run. And I think Raheem Mostert, someone who's you know averaging 4.5 yards per carry, someone who's getting 13 attempts per game, why not? Why why isn't this Mike McDaniel's rushing coming out party? Because I mean, this is a Bears defense that struggles a lot more against the run compared to the pass. I mean, don't get me wrong, we're not gonna sit here and not pass the ball because you don't, you know, you're facing the Bears. You know, you have Tyree Kill, you have Jalen Waddle, you're gonna move the ball. But I think this is a scenario where you can kind of say, Hey, look what my running game can do. Yeah, sign me up. I think that's exactly the way the Dolphins should attack this thing. And I thought it was interesting. I'm looking at kind of the flip card that the teams release, you know, where you can compare the starting rosters. And they already have Jeff Wilson also listed as that number. You remember how they had two running back starters listed? It was uh, Mostert and Edmonds for so long. Uh, Jeff mm -hmm. Wilson's now in there, and they have Robert Jones there at left guard. So, you know, we're going to see some – different pieces there on that front offensive line. But I think what we've seen over these last few weeks, you know, compared to maybe a month ago, we were talking about how the Dolphins rushing attack wasn't what we thought ever since they kind of shifted over to Raheem Mostert, you know, his decisiveness. And that offensive line has just kind of picked up and started to play much better together. So, dude, when they're giving up that many yards on the ground, I mean, I know we want to attack through the air. We want to see Tua, again, go out there and have a, you know, encore presentation of what we saw last week. Because I don't know that we truly gave him his flowers as much as we should have last week, Jake. I mean, for so many seasons, we talked about that Arizona game. You know, we saw that awesome yep. comeback against Baltimore. Last week, we saw the, you know, a complete game from Tua. So, um, uh, we as much as we want to see him go back out there and, you know, replicate that, I think you got to rely on this ground game you know kind of let Robert Jones get acclimated and let the Dolphins be those bullies up front that we're starting to see in weeks I mean I know we see the videos of Teron Armstead holding Aiden Hutchinson back with one arm you know we see Brandon Shell putting people on his I mean uh inflict that will you know we're not going to be able to go out there every week and put up you know 380 plus yards through the air let Raheem Mostert and that ground attack get involved and um I thought maybe we'd see a Miles Gaskin Salvin Ahmed I don't know how much uh this depth chart should kind of deter me from that but Jeff Wilson does that familiarity with this system is kind of that bruising running back that we talked about in the last pod I mean, I don't think it'd be too crazy to see him get maybe, you know, play seven to 10 snaps and maybe get some touches on Sunday. What are your thoughts, Jake? I was actually going to, this is probably the last thing before we wrap up the talk on the offense, Josh, this is what makes it interesting. Miami is 29th in the league with 22 rushing attempts per game. Uh, part of that is because, you know, Chase Edmonds couldn't run the football, but I think part of it, especially recently is that, Hey, you know, Chase Edmonds couldn't run the football. So I think they tried to get it to him through the air a little bit more and, you know, through or ran the ball through the air, as we like to say sometimes. But overall, man, uh, you got to utilize the running backs better. And I'm very interested because I think you could see Jeff Wilson come in and maybe even run the ball 10 times. I mean, one of my fantasy teams, I'm so down at running backs. I'm actually starting Wilson because you consider, I mean, I think I said, what, 22 rushing attempts per game. Mustard gets 12 of those. I think, you know, you could bring in Wilson and have him score a touchdown on his first week. I think that's kind of fun. Yeah, I honestly want to see Moster get double-digit touches. I think whenever he we see him, you know, 20-plus carries, you know, a couple more passes, that's where we see his Miami Dolphins offense really come together. Last thing before we head into a break, Jake, uh, they put the jersey at two award when he threw the record-tying four touchdowns in the fourth quarter against Baltimore uh, back in September on display in Canton. So uh, pretty awesome stuff now. Tua Tungvaloa, Jalen Waddle jerseys are hung up in Canton. I think we ranted and raved enough about the offensive side of the football, Jake. Let's head into a break, and when we come back, let's talk about Josh Boyer's defense and what they got to do to slow down that Chicago Bears offense that's starting to look pretty good over the last few weeks. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... 
we break down who will be cutting... CUT! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Josh, I got to ask you, man, is it possible for Miami's defense to play any worse than it did last week? I mean, this is a unit that is still allowing roughly a 70% completion rate. Javon Holland, your deep safety is leading the team in tackles last week. That's always a sign that there are guys running deep. Credit to someone like Holland, though, for making the tackles and not letting them to always be touchdowns. Uh, But man, Miami's ranks 22nd with 24 points allowed per game. Josh, how do we start to turn this unit around? Because for as great the offense has been, I mean, you can't think that's going to be the case every single week. You know, I laugh because, I mean, as sad as it is to say, I mean, they can play worse, right? I mean, we've probably seen it before over our lifetime. I mean, but most of that was in the first half. So we do got to credit them again for, you know, adjusting during the second half. But I think the first thing I was going to say, Jake, is you go out there and make a trade for Bradley Chubb. I mean, that would be the best way to turn this (laughs) defense around, right? I mean, uh, get to the quarterback quicker and try to make them make some of those decisions. For me, the thing that kind of, I guess, scares me a little bit about Justin Fields is his ability to take off and run with the football. I mean, that's been an Achilles heel of the Miami Dolphins for what, you know, years, it seems. No matter who's out there, it seems like uh, we struggle with the Geno Smiths and Tyron Taylors and different Thad, Lu- Thad Lewis was in there, too, sometimes. So, um, EJ e. Manuel, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not in control. But, yeah, dude, I think the Dolphins, um, <laughs> by making a trade for Bradley Chubb, that'd be my first step. But you just hope that, you know, they've come together and they've pieced what's missing because uh, that first half last week against the Detroit Lions offense who – has some playmakers that was dismal what was it 24 points allowed i think first half yeah 27 i think it was yeah it was all 27 i think 27. We're allowed in the first yeah you're right Bananas. Yeah. wow yeah crazy this is an interesting matchup, Josh, because as I was going through the different stats here, there are some things that really favor the Dolphins here. You consider that the Bears rushed the ball 43 times last week, despite giving up 49 points, right? That's a team that despite, you know, if you're down 20, they're not going to let game situations dictate how they're going to call plays, right? They're going to keep running the rock. They're going to keep doing what they're comfortable with. Uh, Justin Fields aver- uh, threw the ball just like 20 times, I think, in that game. So when you're dedicated to the run, um, it's a little relieving to see that the Dolphins are allowing 4.2 yards per carry. They've actually been pretty stout against the run. That number drops to 3.8 if you're talking strictly running backs, and that would be tied for second in the league. Uh, Miami struggled at, you know, holding back receivers, but Josh, The Dolphins stopped the run, but the issue is Justin Fields because despite allowing 4.2 yards per carry, Miami is allowing 5.6 yards per carry to quarterbacks, which sounds kind of crazy to me. You consider, yeah, Lamar Jackson had that 79-yard run, but this is absolutely bananas uh, when you consider the fact that Justin Fields is averaging 50 yards per game on the ground, over five yards per run. And Josh, to kind of think about how he's going to impact this game, um, I think the Bears came out recently and said they were stealing plays from the Ravens, right? Hey, we're going to treat him like Lamar Jackson. We're going to let him run. And to me, that sounds a little scary. You think about the fact Lamar Jackson just ran for a 70-yard touchdown against his team. 
But hey, think about to last year. Think about how much Lamar Jackson had to learn how to beat this defense before actually going against it. And to me, that despite how bad you know this offense or this defense has been against rushing quarterbacks, I think it maybe that decision making could be the difference. Yeah, I mean, again, Justin Fields is a a younger player. You know, really only starting to really start to take off over these last few weeks. I mean, he's a guy who I felt pretty confident in you know I, I know how these Ohio State quarterbacks they don't seem to translate all the time but I mean I think what we've seen on these last few weeks has pretty been a completely different quarterback that run game is a little scary you know they got Khalil Herbert David Montgomery I know anybody that plays fantasy football at one point in your life you probably had David Montgomery on one of your fantasy teams but I think with this way this Dolphins defense matches up I mean like you mentioned man they're pretty good at stopping the run and at that point you just got to hope that you can contain Justin Fields in the pocket and hopefully you know make him beat you with that arm as crazy as that sounds I mean I'm looking over there receiving core they got St. Brown who's pretty good they got Darnell Mooney they just acquired Chase Claypool I mean I don't know how much Claypool is going to get out there right I mean they just acquired him so that's probably another good thing for the Dolphins but Cole Komet I mean that's one of the better at least I thought one of the better younger tight ends in football how are the Dolphins going to be able to match up with him because I mean last week dude I remember it was I not the one that said Eric Rowe was going to match up against Hawkinson and he gets free he's freaking inactive and you know trade rumors start to swirl so I don't know how the Dolphins will match up with a Cole Komet and some of these other guys but um you know that's the key to this game I think stopping that run and forcing Justin Fields to stay in the pocket and beat you with that arm but um you know anybody that watched him in college sees that you know Justin Fields has the ability to do that as well so a tougher matchup on paper than maybe us Dolphin fans think um and I guess maybe the weather will play a little bit of a part of that yeah it's interesting because usually you you think about the fact that hey this Chicago defense is allowing just about four sacks per game that's last in the league and you would think hey the Rushing attack is why the Chicago offense can't do anything. But no, like if if you're collapsing the pocket and chasing the quarterback around, you're just kind of pushing Justin Fields into that open space where he can be successful and use his legs. So I'm interested to see whether it's Bradley Chubb playing nine snaps, like you said, or playing 25. I'd love to see what Miami's containment looks like if Emmanuel Agua is healthy and they can just stay in those running lanes because I think there are going to be times where, you know, a Jalen Phillips, uh, even an Andrew Van Ginkle can, you know, break a free from the outside and get to the quarterback. But it, it it's been the same thing all year. You actually got to be able to take them down. You can't just, you know, run past them or do the good old Deion Jordan where you, you push them and hope they fall over. Yeah, Jake, and one of the things we've seen early on throughout this season is the Dolphins, you know, I don't want to say inability to tackle because we've seen them make tackles, but uh, there are times when the first guy there might miss and allow that big play. So uh, let's see the way they adapt and the way they can go out there and stop some of these guys. Because, again, David Montgomery might not look like a world beater on paper. You know, Justin Fields might not look like a world beater. Mooney might not look like a world beater, but we saw Khalif Raymond put Xavier Howard into a, uh, you know, the spin cycle last week. So um, I think this game will be closer than we expect. And um, I guess that's the perfect segue into a predictions jake do you want to throw your prediction out there before i do mine yeah man why not i do think it's going to be closer i do think um last week was so positive you saw what tua can do when everything's going his way this week it's a little different you know you you put in the conditions you put in a a bears defense that can make a couple plays here it'll be pretty interesting to see but overall man i think about that pittsburgh game i think 16 to 10 but i'm hoping that you know the dolphins are looking a little better in the red zone so hopefully we can see some sort of i don't know 27 14 something along those lines where you know you're doing just enough to keep them at a distance but at the same time you can't really break away uh josh i guess the big question for you is is chase claypool gonna lose to miami twice this year i oh he definitely is I, I, he, right <laughs> there's no i 
I mean, I, I don't want to feel like we're the cocky Dolphins now, but I mean, I feel like a game like this, I mean, despite what the records say, I mean, I think the Dolphins, you know, up and down the board should be the better team. So I think this is going to be one of those games that I guess the word might be gritty, a grittier performance, right? Maybe we have to ground it out in the ground. Maybe we rely more on the defense this week, who, you know, has been on milk cart in the last weeks. However it is, you know, next man up, someone's going to make a play that maybe we weren't expecting. But I think you said, what was your prediction? 27 I've 27-14. I actually remember that. I actually remember that. Uh, uh, we'll go with 20-24-14. How's that sound? <laughs> that well, what I do? Subtract six points. So, yeah, so we're right around the same thing, man. I think the Dolphins win this game, and I think we're going to continue to win these games that you head into, you know, feeling a little bit more confident than we may have in years past. And despite, you know, us sitting here talking about the different things, the changes the Chicago Bears have made over the last few weeks, you know, what the Dolphins, you know, could counter with that, I think they're going to go out there do what they do, and we're going to come out of this 6-3 and three and feeling pretty darn good about where this team's headed. Just two weeks before the bye, if you can pick, pick up a couple more wins and then get really healthy for that last stretch, I mean, that's all you can really ask for. One quick show note, be sure on Monday night to pop over to Twitter and check out Merrick Brave on the Finsider Twitter space. They always have fun. Sometimes the special guests drop in, so be sure to check out that. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to Finsider Radio. Thank you for letting us be part of your week. We... Josh, there's a pretty big weekend of football coming up. College, NFL, we have it all, and we hope you enjoy it. Joshua, thank you for joining me. Hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. But most importantly, fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the